0: Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't it good to be in the assembly of God's people tonight? And what a mighty conference we've had. The great music and singing, the worship, the praise, good fellowship, the preaching has been absolutely awesome. I've enjoyed all week. Been here since Wednesday night, first service, and I've enjoyed it all. Why don't we ask God to touch us now again? I uh, told Brother Garrett, I said, you guys have preached everything there is to preach. Man, such wonderful preaching I've heard. They, they just preached, and I've enjoyed it and soaked it all up, and they haven't left anything to preach, so I'll try to stumble here a few minutes. But let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us right now. Would you pray with me? remain standing for just a moment. It is a joy and delight to be back in our conference this year and to uh, steering committee, Brother David Chappell, Brother Guy Godwin, Brother Terry Harmon, Brother Renfro, Brother Schweitzer, all wonderful men of God that I love and appreciate. And then Brother Gary Howard. I tell you, I, I deeply love and appreciate this man. He said he ministered in our church and he was ministering in the Holy Ghost and was very very prophetic and the Spirit of the Lord moved and God did some marvelous things while he was there And I deeply appreciate his coming he he turned our church around it was a marvelous meeting and I appreciate these men so much it's been a joy to come to our comfort several times and just enjoy the presence of God Wednesday night brother Copeland started off my goodness wasn't that a message Set the, set the tenor, set the tone for the conference, and um, then Brother Hiler, and also Brother Bass and Brother Garrett, these men blessed us so much last night, Brother Davis, and then Brother Nance this morning, Brother Pixler, and then Brother Howard, all of these men, and then this evening Brother Jones, every one of them have been tremendous, tremendous, and I've enjoyed it so much. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to be among God's people. How many appreciate the church? How many appreciate God's people? How many are glad you're part of the church tonight? Hallelujah. I said, I'm glad I'm a part of the church. Glory to God. If you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, let's praise him one more time. Lift your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. Many other great friends that I have here. Brother, I don't want to call them all, but the Buxton was with last week in Southern California meeting. Brother Phil White had a tremendous meeting last week in Ontario, California that was just a great blessing. I enjoyed being there. A lot of friends, a lot of these men on the platform are longtime friends of mine, and I appreciate them so much. Amen. Let's read from Romans 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Then let's go back a chapter. Romans chapter 12, verse number 11. The Apostle Paul writes here, chapter 12, verse 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And then the final verse I want to read is in Proverbs chapter 10, and uh, I believe it's verse number 5 that I want to read, Proverbs chapter 10, and verse number 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Now, I want to talk to you out of my heart for a little while tonight. I had left home, and naturally for weeks I knew I was scheduled to be here, and I would prayed and asked God, got some thoughts in my mind and so on. But I will admit to you that Wednesday, coming over here on the plane, I got to reading and studying. There wasn't anybody sitting in the seat by me, so I just kind of like, took a couple of pages and took my Bible and just started reading a little while, and I felt very impressed with the Holy Ghost to preach what I'm going to preach tonight. And so from these passages of Scripture, knowing the time that now it's high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe, I'd like to talk to you on the subject tonight, the missing element of desperation, the missing element of desperation. And I want Brother Howard to come back up here one more time, and I want him to pray, and If you'd please bow your heads and pray with me, let's ask God to anoint us in this next few minutes. Join me in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we come to you right now at this crucial moment. We ask God that you would open a channel of utterance tonight, that you would speak to us once again through your servant, that we would open our hearts to hear and receive the word of the Lord. Let a special anointing rest upon Brother Godair tonight. Oh, God, let that anointing flow down upon his head and down his garments, even around the border of his garments. Let the Spirit of Almighty God move and work in a free way in this service tonight. We give this service to you, and we give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. God bless you tonight. (laughs) <laughs> the church that we're a part of this evening is a wonderful church the church that we're a part of is a glorious church in the month of February of 1956, I had the privilege to be baptized in Jesus name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as a as a teenager that's been last month that's been 45 years time has swiftly passed by, but it's been a joy to be among God's people for the last 45 plus years. I view the church tonight as being a glorious church. I view the church tonight as being a wonderful church. And I am privileged and honored and blessed to be a part of the kingdom of God. I recognize fully that God could have a church without me. I've recognized that so many times but I cannot be saved without him the fact is that we're all depending on God tonight and the truth is we all need one another no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself we all need one another takes all of us to make up and comprise the unit that's called the body of Christ Jesus went away but thank God he left a church here called that church His body he's the head and the church is the body Amen. He even called us the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom, and the church is the bride. One day, I believe very soon, the Lord's going to receive unto himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any such thing, but that it should be holy. Amen. He even said that we're the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, it is good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot of men. I'm glad to be a part of God's church tonight. And uh, you may view it from your viewpoint or standpoint sometime, and you may say the church is not everything that it ought to be, and perhaps it never will be. But I believe that God is working on all of us, and God is helping us to become what we ought to be, and meetings of this type and of this nature help us to become what we ought to be. Amen. I think I will go home better equipped to fight the devil and to do a work for God than I was when I came here. I believe that's the way it ought to be. In fact, every time we go to church, we ought to be touched of God. Every time we go to church, we ought to be challenged. Every time we go to church, there ought to be some changes in our life for the good. I believe that God is trying to draw us close to Him. And He said, draw nigh to God, and He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners and purify your heart You double-minded so the church tonight's a wonderful church it may be a little bit out of shape amen it may have bulges and bunions in all the wrong places praise God but I still love the church tonight I said I still love the church tonight and sometimes we can be so involved in the battle and it is a battle against the devil I do not come here negative tonight I come here to tell you that the church is in a fight, that the church is in a battle, and we can be so involved in the battle. And sometimes Satan can effectively, temporarily at least, blind our minds concerning the ultimate victory that awaits God's people. I'm here to tell you tonight that the church is not destined for defeat. I said the church is not destined for defeat. This church is is destined for victory. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise God. The church will prevail. The church will make it. God will have a people. I said God will have a people. You rest your mind tonight, my friend, that if Jesus comes tonight, he'll have a church. If he comes tomorrow, he'll have a church. If he comes next week, he'll have a church. My God's got a church on the face of this earth and he's got a church that's in the ground tonight that's waiting for the sounding of the trumpet. Praise God, and when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet them in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God, we've got a comfort. Praise God, we've got a hope. Thank God, we've got a confidence that he that shall come will come, and we'll be caught up to meet him. Let's clap our hands to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise the Lord. You may be seated, but sometimes we can become... So close to the battle and so very very involved that Satan can blind our minds and make us think that uh, no one's going to be saved and all of my 39 years of pastoring it will be next month I've been trying to pastor 39 years there's times I submit to you that I've been weary in well doing I haven't backslidden I haven't gone back in the world I have no desire for the world when God brought me out of sin I lost my desire for the world. I lost my desire for sin. But there are times, let's be honest tonight, my friend, whether you're a preacher or a layman, there's times you get weary in well-doing. But Paul said in Galatians 6, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. The church is going to make it. Hallelujah. I said, the church is going to make it. Hallelujah. And you know what I realized tonight? I realized that whether you're in uh, Oklahoma or North Carolina or Texas or Georgia or or Arizona or wherever you're from, I realized we're, we're in this fight together. I said, we're in this fight together. Amen. We ought to pray together. We ought to worship together. We ought to love God together. We ought to serve the Lord together. There ought to be a spirit of cohesiveness and unity and brotherhood that's in our hearts tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's church stands out as the great speckled bird. And if you're baptized in Jesus' name, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God, we've been born into the same church, into the same kingdom, into the same family. We've got the same family name. And it's time for God's people to stand together and go forward together in Jesus' name. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, it's time for God's people to go forward. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sometimes I've gone home from meetings of this nature renewed in my mind and spirit. And I realize, you know, sometimes you get in the heat, in the heat of the battle, in the midst of a battle. It's, it's a battle everywhere. Sin is sin. Satan is Satan. And the powers of the enemy are strong everywhere. But uh, uh, it does us good to come to meetings of this nature. Then we go back home renewed. And we go back home refreshed. Praise God. And you know, uh, when I go back home, it helps me to realize that I've got the same battles you've got. No matter where you're pastoring, no matter where you're going to church, we're in this thing together. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we can make it, and we will survive. This is a great church. We've got a great message. I said this is a great church. We've got a great message. We've got a great God. Hallelujah. It's been repeated over and over this week that there is one gospel. The Bible says there's one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Praise God. We've got the same God tonight, and Jesus is his name. There's nothing wrong with our message. I said in 2001, there's nothing wrong with our message. Don't try to add to it. Don't try to take from it. Don't try to shave it here and there. The message is wonderful. It's still effective. It still works. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. Acts 2.38 is still the message. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infill of the Holy Ghost. I believe the way you're born again is to be born of water and spirit which means you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. There's more to it than joining a church and signing a church card or just professing Christ. There's more to being saved than just simply a verbal profession with our lips. There is a surrender to God. There is a yielding to His presence. There is an obedience to the gospel. Hallelujah. I said our message is fine. Don't change it. Our doctrine is fine. Glory to God. We've got people in this end time hour that like to change it, but let's don't change it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Praise God. I said the message is right. Our doctrine is right. Holiness is still the Word of God. We've got the Word. Yes, we do. We've got the name. That's above every name. We've got the power in the Holy Ghost. We've got the glory of God. We've got the anointing of the Spirit. God has given us all the spiritual tools, all the spiritual equipment that's necessary for us to succeed in this hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for the church to say, let's go forward. Let's take our cities. Let's have revival. Let's win the lost let's have church hallelujah I believe it's time to have church like we never had church they say what used to they shouted used to they ran the aisles in the past they talked in tongues in the past we had the gifts of the Spirit in the past I'm telling you, friend it's time for this present day apostolic church to come out of the past and into the present We still speak in tongues. We still clap our hands. We still sing and shout. We still have the gifts of the spirit. We still have the power of God. We still have the anointing that breaks the yoke. People are constantly being set free from alcohol and drugs and immorality and sin of every nature. There's still power in the gospel. It still works. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And you know, in this hour, as apostolic Pentecostal people, we have nicer buildings than we've ever had before. When I was a boy, Brother Switzer, I didn't I didn't ever go to a meeting in a building like this. i have worshiped in, in storefronts, in schoolhouses, in tent meetings. I remember the first church my father pastored. We had church all winter long in Missouri in a tent all winter long. And it was cold winters. Seemed like to me the winters were colder then than they are now. And there was a little old stove sitting over there. It would never have passed any kind of regulations, but we lived out in the country. Wasn't anybody there to tell us what to do. But we had church all winter long in a tent. And you know what? People got baptized in, in the river right behind where that tent was. They broke the ice. They baptized him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I submit to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we still need that same power and that same glory. We don't have to go back to a tent or a brush arbor or a storefront. Bless God. We can have it right here in this sanctuary, in this auditorium tonight. You believe that? Praise the Lord with me. praise god you may be seated somebody said well i think if we go back to the brush days we could have revival i tell you we don't have to have a brush somebody said if we could go back to a storefront we could have revival if you're in a storefront praise god for it we're starting two brand new churches right now and we have church every week in chapel hill and in Roxborough. just started them in the past 30 days and they're both in storefront buildings Praise God. You know what? I can get just as anointed to preach to a handful in a storefront as I can here in this beautiful auditorium tonight. If you're in a storefront, it's time to have church. If you're in a million-dollar edifice, it's time to have church. I believe Pentecostals ought to start having the best church and the best services we've ever had in all of our years. Hallelujah praise God praise God. I'm gonna tell you something. There's no charismatic gonna out-shout me Praise God you hear what I said tonight There's no charismatic that's gonna run more than I run and shout more than I shout. I've got the truth You've got the truth. You know the name hallelujah you may be seated there's folks that come into some of our apostolic churches and i'm just going to be brutally honest tonight some of our churches are dead all right you can say amen or whatever you want to but some of our churches are dead there's no life and then you wonder why you're not having revival bless god get some fire in the pulpit Get some fire in the pews. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. If all you did was have your little one, two, three, and your little ritual, and sing two songs, and have a course, and take an offering, and preach a dead sermon, and go home, if I were looking for a church, your church would not appeal to me. I said your church wouldn't appeal to me it's time for every preacher to have a revival it's time for every pastor to have a revival it's time for every evangelist to have a revival it's time for every saint to have a revival it's time for it to start in us it's got to start in us then it reaches out to others You may be seated. I said revival begins in us. We can't wait for somebody else to bring us revival. The people that know the truth ought to have revival. The people that know the name of Jesus and the beauty and power of that name ought to have revival. The people that speak in tongues when the Holy Ghost came in ought to have revival. People that's living a holy life ought to have revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, I don't want some loose living church down the street to steal my thunder. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. We've got the properties the best we've ever had. We've got better buildings than we've ever had. We've got nicer edifices to worship in than we ever have. We've got softer seats than we've ever had. We've got thicker carpets than we've ever had. But oh, let me tell you that as I view it tonight, in the general apostolic Pentecostal movement, there is one element that's missing. Hallelujah. I'm not saying everywhere, but I'm saying in a general sense, there's something that's missing tonight, and that missing ingredient is desperation. I want to talk to you about the missing element of desperation. It's time that God's people got desperate about what we're doing. God hasn't given us this gospel for us to sit on it. He gave us this gospel to let the whole world know who he is. It's time for the Pentecostals to get desperate. The apostolic church has got to get a measure of desperation or we'll never be effective in reaching our world. somebody say praise the Lord hallelujah hallelujah I said desperation is the thing that's missing in many many of our churches I'm not here to be condemning tonight I'm not here with a bad spirit but in many of our churches it's coldness it's deadness there's no life there's no spiritual movement Casual Pentecostalism, laid-back Pentecostalism, lukewarm Pentecostalism. This church was born in the fiery blaze of apostolic power. Hallelujah! Maybe seated uh, a couple of years ago, I was preaching the night services in a camp meeting, and uh, there was uh, somewhere between uh, the North Pole and the South Pole. And uh, uh, I was preaching, and there was about a third of the congregation, about a third of them up toward the front. They come to the altar every night. There's about two thousand people there. There was about two thirds of them that never moved. We had Monday night. They never moved. We had Tuesday tonight, just ones at the front. You know, I've often wondered what it would be like if the whole church would get full of the Spirit. Every church has got a few shouters. Hey, when somebody gives a message in tongues in your church, you don't need to have it already figured out who it's going to be. I said, every church has got those that worship. Every church has got those that shout. Every church has got those that praise the Lord. But we've also got a certain number that don't move for nothing. Hallelujah. 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 I feel God in this place right now. And so I preached Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and there was folks who came. Some got told a ghost was having a good time, was worshiping God. But I have not overlooked the fact that about two-thirds of them hadn't moved a muscle. I mean, they wouldn't praise the Lord. You'd say, let's all come to the front and pray. They wouldn't even come to the front and pray. You know what? If a pastor asked me to come to the front and pray, brother, I'd break my neck whatever I had to do to get there. If somebody asks me to clap my hands, long as I can, I'm going to clap my hands. If somebody says lift your hands, I'm going to lift them. Somebody says say praise the Lord, I'm going to say praise the Lord. What's wrong with obedience? Praise God! And so maybe you see this. So the ba- the day Bible teacher, good friend of mine, told me after Wednesday night. We was driving back to the motel together. He said, uh, "Let's go there. If you notice something." I said, "I've noticed several things. what did you notice?" <laughs> he, he said, "I noticed that about two thirds of them hadn't moved—not a night." I said, "I noticed the same thing." <laughs> he said, "Well, I tell you what—I've got a barn burner tomorrow, and they's having good crowds in daytime." About twelve, 1,400 in daytime. He said, I've got a barn burner tomorrow. And he said, you watch me. He said, everything in that house, I'm going to move them our else." And I thought, yeah, what is going to be the else?" Praise God so he got up there he said I'm not gonna teach today I'm gonna sort of preach to you and man he started preaching brother Howard and he really did he was a good preacher and he did a good job and when he got through he said how want everybody come to the front you know who came that same one-third you know who stayed back there the same two-thirds he said now folks you that are standing back here, I want you to come on up here and pray with us. Some of you hadn't moved all week. I want you to come up here and pray with us. They stood there with their arms folded. He said, I want, I want you to come. They wasn't want the one of them moved. Praise God. We left there that day. I said, my dear brother, you and I are hitting about on the same results, aren't we? But you know what? When it comes to an apostolic church, the back seat, I said, the back seat, Ought to be as alive as the front seat. In our church at home, you may be seated. In our church at home, I have a balcony, and I got a rule: you can't sit in that balcony over one time a week praise God let's rotate it I don't want the same people hiding out in that balcony praise God I want you to get down here on the main floor where I can preach to you I want to be able to look at you eyeball to eyeball praise God I said we've got the truth, we've got the gospel, we've got the name, we've got the power, we've got the word, we've got the buildings, we've got the property, we've got the music, we've got the singing, we've got everything but desperation. We need God to give us a holy spirit of desperation that says I've got to be a part of apostolic revival in this hour. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Please be seated. Paul said in my text tonight, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time, right into the church, it's high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, friend, with all the sinfulness that's around us, With all the false doctrine that surrounds us, we face a desperate situation. I said we face a desperate situation. You can be satisfied if you want to with the same few in church ever service. But I'm here to tell you tonight, it's not the will of God. Hallelujah. I said, I lost some of you right then. I said, it's God's will for his church to grow. It's God's will for us to reach out. It's God's will for us to be evangelistic. It's God's will for us to affect our city. It's God's will for us to impact our generation. If we don't, Pentecost is a dying breed. But I tell you, this is not a dying breed. This is a healthy church. Wrap your hands with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody say praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Our world is in trouble tonight. Our world's in a mess tonight. We've got problems everywhere, seeing everywhere you look. Sin is ravaging almost every family. There's not hardly a family here tonight that's not touched directly or indirectly by the wicked effects of sin. Our world is in trouble, and I submit tonight that the only answer for a sin-sick world is a red-hot Jesus name, apostolic, one God, holy living church. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. I said the only answer is a red hot church. It's time for the church to lay aside our lachidatial spirit, our blasé spirit, our laid back spirit. It's time for us to get concerned. Come on apostolics. It's time for us to get a burden for souls like we never had before in all of my life. When I look out, when I look out and see the thousands in my city that's lost, I can't help but weep over You said it right, little Copeland. We need a ministry of tears. When I see the thousands in my city, In the city limits of my town, there's 175,000 people. In the immediate area, there's 250,000. Eight miles from me is Chapel Hill, and there's College Town, 50,000 people. We just started a church there. 50,000 people, 26,000 students. And then three miles from our church is Duke University, and they've got 12,000 students in our area. We have 86,000 college students within 25 miles, and almost a million people. I'm telling you, friend, how can I rest? How can I be laid back? I'm telling you, Paul said, I'm willing to spend and be spent for the gospel's sake. If every man and woman, and young person here, would become a personal evangelist. If everybody that's got the Holy Ghost would become an evangelist. If everybody would get on fire for God and say, I've got to do something for God, we can affect our community. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24. And verse number 30, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles that covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. Look at what he said. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep a little slumber and a little folding of the hands to sleep. God, help us tonight. How can we rest when a world's going to hell? How can we take it easy when our world's going to hell? How can I be unconcerned? How can I say I've got a pretty good church and they're taking care of me and that's all I'm looking for? Listen, God didn't just call me to get a self-supporting church. He called me to reach the lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, amen. In Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 4, he said, Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which have no guide, overseer, or ruler. Provided for meat in the summer, gather for food in the harvest. How long? Wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, and a little folding of the hands to sleep. I believe God's saying to the apostolic church tonight, I've given you everything. I've given you everything. I've blessed you abundantly. And my friend, he has blessed us abundantly. Now it's time for us to take those blessings, not just to receive them unto ourselves and hold them in, but to begin to bless our world hallelujah hallelujah the fields are white they are ready to harvest the harvest is white the labors are few and the prayer request of jesus christ is that you would pray the lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest What did Acts 1 and 8 say? But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come and you shall be witness unto me. If I read that right, my friend, every man, woman, young person that's got the Holy Ghost is supposed to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And you may be seated. I may get a little hot water here. I've heard some preachers say, not my job to win souls, that's the saint's job. Maybe basically it is, but I'm going to tell you it helps a whole lot when the pastor rolls up his sleeve, bless God, and says, I've got a will soul in Jesus Christ. I said it helps when a pastor gets a home Bible study charge and starts teaching somebody a home Bible study. Praise God. Hallelujah. It helps when a pastor goes out and knocks a few doors. Hear me tonight, brother preacher. It would help all of us to go out and knock a few doors and talk to some people, one-on-one, unsaved people. I'm going to tell you what it'll do. It'll create within you a great burden for souls. Oh, God, rekindle the fires of revival and let it begin in the pulpit. Let it begin in the saved. Let it begin with us. <laughs> Praise God. I said the situation is desperate, but are we desperate? I said the hour is late. Do we recognize what time it is on God's clock? Matthew 20, 14, 24 through 32 talks about how that the people were out in a boat. And it was somewhere late at night in the fourth watch of the night. Brother, they weren't just praying a pretty little prayer. They were crying out, God help us! God save us! Hallelujah! I would ask tonight, how many of you have an unsaved husband, an unsaved wife, an unsaved son or daughter, an unsaved parent, an unsaved relative? Everybody in this building would raise your hand What I'm suggesting is tonight, it's time for all of us to become a personal soul winner and an evangelist to reach that soul for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You said, brother, go there. I'm not gonna compromise. Neither am I. I didn't know you had to compromise or reach the lost. Praise God. We're not gonna change our message. I said, we're not gonna change our doctrine. We're not gonna change who we are. We just need to get desperate. We need a spirit of holy boldness to come upon us, a spirit of desperation. They say that most people that are brought to our churches are brought by people that have the Holy Ghost six months or less. What an indictment that is against you and me that have had the Holy Ghost for years. I'm preaching tonight to some veterans in Pentecost that you love your church, you love your your pastor, you pay your tithes, you give in the offerings, you support missions, you look holy, but how long has it been since you prayed for a lost soul? And how long has it been since you wept and said, God, I've got to be Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hear this old preacher tonight, I believe it's God's will that every church represented here tonight have revival. I don't believe it's God's will that any parish, you say we're not going to reach everybody, you're exactly right, but we ought to be trying. Hallelujah. We ought to be reaching our community to the best of our ability and give them a chance Praise God. What about putting up a billboard somewhere? What about passing out cards? Praise God. Where are your ushers at? Huh? I said, they can't tear up your building. Where are your ushers at? Praise God. Praise God. I think we ought to go after every kid we can. I was in a church recently where five preachers had come out of that church as a result of bus ministry. You hear me tonight, five preachers came out of one church because somebody cared enough to go and reach him in the gutter. I'm talking about desperation. You may be seated. I'm talking about a woman that walks into our church about two months ago, never been in Pentecost in her life, come to find out she was a streetwalker. She was a prostitute. I didn't know that, but we baptized her. She got the Holy Ghost. She hasn't missed a service. And you know what she did? She changed her occupation. She got a job. She went to work every day. She goes to work every day. Brother Buxton, she's paying tithes. Never has he even heard a Bible study on it yet, and she's already paying tithes. Bless God, that's better than some do Been hang around 15 years. Uh-huh. Praise God. You say, I don't want any prostitutes. Brother, I want to reach everybody I can. I want to reach the ones in the gutter. Go in the highways, go in the byways, go in the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And you know, we gotta have it Pentecost. We say we're having a good move for God. We've had so many get baptized and get total ghost. Brother Buxton told me that from this week to Wednesday, they had 67 Bible studies taught in their church. Till Wednesday. We got a habit of saying, how many children were there? Well, what's wrong with reaching kids? I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to apologize at all. We run 20 buses every week and 11 maxi wagon vans, and we average 550. 82 of them average is teenagers and about uh, uh, 27 average are adults and all the rest of them are 12 and under and you can criticize that all you want to. Praise God. But you know what we're going to do Sunday? By the help of God, we're going to keep on running the buses. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say Hallelujah. You may be seated. Somebody said, how many kids are there? How many were Spanish? How many were black? What difference does it make? The last time I checked, God didn't care if you were white, or black, or red, or yellow. You got a soul. You need to be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can say, I want all white folk. If you want to, you can have a closed fraternity. But my friend, the church is going to pass you by. It's time for us to lift up our eyes. I don't care who they are. I don't care where they live. I don't care what side of town they live on. Every soul is precious. And Jesus died for them. You may be seated. When I was 15 years old, I got the Holy Ghost. I never had a suit in my life. I never had a tie. I wore shoes that had holes in them. When I graduated from high school, I had to borrow a coat from a man who's now pastoring in Indiana. I borrowed a sport coat. Graduated from high school in, so I look halfway decent. But I'm glad. That one Monday night, 45 years ago. God got a hold of my heart. And God didn't say, what's the brand of your suit? What's the brand of your dress? What's the make of your shoes? The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The fields are white. They're ready for harvest. Hey, church, the only thing missing, we got to get desperate, 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 desperate. I've got to have revival. What did Rachel say in Genesis 30 and 1? Give me children, else I die. Give me children, else I die. If I perish, I'll perish, give me children, else i die. Philip, where are you going? I'm leaving this citywide crusade. Where are you going? I don't know, but I'm going out in the desert country. How many people are you gonna preach to? I'm gonna preach to one man. Just one, just one, just one. Yeah, I'll go preach to just one. I'll go in and sit down at the kitchen table and teach just one. I'll teach a man and his wife. I'll teach just one. Hallelujah. Macedonian call. Acts 16 and 9. We heard the call. We saw a vision in the night that says, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Wednesday night, I was not in Chapel Hill, but I talked to my wife and she said, we've been going three weeks, starting on four, brand new building, painted up, put some carpet on it, five blocks from Michael Jordan's restaurant. God gave us a good location. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, six new adults came in and two of them said, I want a Bible study. One of them was a college professor from University of North Carolina. You say nobody wants God. That's not true. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. And my wife told me on the phone yesterday that one lady came with tears after church Wednesday night and she said, where have you all been? I've been waiting for years for the United Pentecostal Church to get here. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Let me tell you something tonight, friend. We've got to be baptized with compassion. Not only compassion, but passion. Where is our passion? For the lost. I've got a passion for Jesus' name, baptism. I've got a passion for the new birth message. I've got a passion for one God message. I've got a passion for holiness. But I can't stop there. I've got to have a passion for the lost. Oh, oh. Somebody said, praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'll, I'll rush this to a close. In recent years, there's been an erosion of the values. I believe that has made us a great nation. We're living to see in 2001 the sad case of vanishing values. I said, we're living to see the sad case. Of vanishing values in our generation there's no authority every man as it was in Judges 17 did what was right in his own eyes hallelujah it didn't say every man did what was wrong it said he did what was right in his own eyes that's where we are tonight hallelujah and if we're not careful the spirit of this world will invade the church Hallelujah. We don't need the spirit of the world. We need to keep our fiery passion and evangelism and our outreach for souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've, I've learned, been learning over the last few years. Every time I have church, given give an altar call. You might be surprised. About a year ago, I was teaching on tithing told a whole Bible lesson about 50 minutes on tithing. I said, does anybody want to pray? Big old boy got up, young man, walked up the front, five minutes, he had the Holy Ghost. (sighs) Praise God. Make me want to teach on tithing next week too. Praise God. No, but I'm telling you, you might be surprised who's in that building that's hungry for God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Bible study, five times since the 1st of January, in our Tuesday night Bible study, just standing in my tracks, and I can't do that. I stand in my tracks and teach the Word of God for about an hour, five times since January the 1st. I've just had everybody stand, and I said, would anybody like to be baptized? And five times, there's been one or more raised their hand. So Somebody's already teaching them a Bible study. They've already learned what to do. They've already asked God to forgive their sins. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's Bible study. Somebody get baptized. Somebody get the Holy Ghost. It don't have to be just on Sunday night. Wouldn't it be something if our churches would get so ablaze with apostolic power that we start having revival in every service? I'm not saying don't teach. You've got to teach. You've got to establish. But brother, I believe the Holy Spirit can move even in that kind of a climate. And folks can You may be seated. U.S. News World Report, which is not a Sun School quarterly, it's a secular magazine, and it had an article entitled, Where Are Our Values Gone? And I quote, here's what it said, U.S. News World Report, three out of four Americans think we're in a moral and spiritual decline. Two out of three in this country think that this nation is seriously off track. 84% have doubts about the former president's character. Wonder what happened to that other 16%. Social dysfunction haunts our land. Crime and drug abuse is everywhere. There's the breakup of the family. And don't you get too religious on me because in some of our churches, we're being touched by separation and divorce. It's coming into our churches. We need God's help as never before. There is the disfigurement of public places by druggies and thugs and others, and we seem to have lost the balance between societal rights and individual freedoms. There's almost a daily confrontation with everybody that's in authority. Everybody that's in authority, there's a confrontation. It's the feminist against feminism, it's women against men, it's gays against homophobia, it's children against their parents, it's mothers against matrimony, they've even got a group that's called mothers against matrimony, and uh, there's fathers against child support, there's church members against their pastor. And if you're crossways with your pastor you need to go home tonight and this weekend you need to make it right with the man of God in your life you say I'll get a new pastor that's not the answer get your heart right get right with the man of God pray through humble your heart get your spirit right There are students against the university, and instead of a culture for common good, there's been a culture of constant complaints. In our generation, everybody's a victim. The have-nots claim to be victimized by the hands of the successful. Crime is sanctioned by the fact, whether it's real or imagined, that the criminal had an unhappy childhood. When he was just two years old, his mother let him push his oatmeal bowl off of the high chair tray. Now he's pushing his wife off of the Brooklyn Bridge. Gone, gone from this country is the spirit that's been admired for so many years, the spirit being industrious and and being thrifty and and entrepreneurship and self-discipline and commitment. My generation don't know much about commitment, but it's time that Pentecostals set the pace in commitment and dedication. Let's show this world what it ought to be like. Hey, husbands, love your wives. Hey, men, love your wives. Hey, ladies, love your husbands. Hey, children, obey your parents. You think that's antiquated? That's the Word of God. The youth of our generation are being deprived, like no previous generation, of the emotional comfort, I believe, and the moral nurturing. That's provided by the traditional family. Instant gratification is the order of the day. Personal impulses. Do what you feel, especially in the sexual activity. Hear me tonight. I said, hear me tonight. It's time for us to have revival. It's time to get passionate. It's time to get concerned. It's time to get a burden. Hallelujah, our generation is constantly stimulated by popular music and by rock music and rap music and television and TV and music is honoring everything that America was taught to abhor. They're honoring violence and drugs and drinking and infidelity. It's time for the true church to stand up and say, bless God, we've got an answer. We've got a way out. You may be seated. There was a preacher in California that wrote Christianity Today. He wrote to the editor of Christianity Today. And I quote verbatim. Here's what he said. Now listen carefully. A preacher of a large church in California. Here's what he said. I don't know of anything that has been done in the name of Jesus and under the banner of Christianity that has proven more destructive to human personality and hence counterproductive to the evangelism enterprise, than the off crude, uncouth, unchristian strategy of attempting to make people aware of their lost and sinful condition. This preacher said to make people aware that they're a sinner and they need God, it's crude. He said it's uncouth and it's unchristian. Here's what he said, and I quote, My number one role is I don't want to do anything to turn somebody off. I want them to listen to my invitation. I want them to be open. Here's what he said. I want them to be open to accept Jesus Christ as their best friend. Now let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We were all born in sin, shapen in iniquity. And before I needed a friend in Jesus I needed a savior in Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You can call it crude and uncouth, but I'm going to give it all a call. I'm going to say sinners, I'll repent. Come down here, and God will help you. God will deliver you from drugs and alcohol and tobacco and adultery and fornication and promiscuity and sinful living. You say you're going to turn somebody off? I've got to preach the truth and help somebody to be aware that they're a sinner. Here's what this preacher said. He said, My responsibility is to fill this auditorium. Brother Smith, I thought when I read that, and I made a note right inside of it, and I made a note right inside of where he wrote, and I said, my responsibility is not to fill this auditorium, but to fill this pulpit. I said my responsibility is not to fill the auditorium. You say you're not going to do it, I'm going to do my best. But first of all, for the heart, my responsibility is to fill my pulpit. And I hope the people like it. But if they don't like it, I've got to preach on anyhow. I've got to pray on anyhow. It's time for the church to mobilize in fasting and in prayer and in evangelism and in outreach and in compassion and in burden. Let's go to the streets. Let's go to the lanes. Let's go to the highways. Let's go to the byways. Let's go tell them. Let's go reach them. Let's go win them. Would you musicians come? And just get ready to play. Don't don't start in fully yet. Just get ready. Maybe seated. In the same Christianity Today magazine, not the same uh, uh, not the same issue, but a little later. In fact, last November there was an article in Christianity Today, and it said there was a conference held recently, and it was called a feminist conference. Feminist conference. And that's what it's called. It's held in St. Paul, Minnesota. The sponsors were churches. Presbyterian Church, and I'm not being unkind. I'm stating facts as, they were, as I read them. Presbyterian Church gave $65,000 to promote this conference. It was also promoted by the United Methodist, United Church of Christ, Evangelical Lutheran, the American Baptist. All of them gave money. And they said the central task of these 2,200 participants Women from 49 states and 27 countries they said our central task is to reimage a reimagine Jesus. Pastor Barbara Limbaugh I don't guess any can to rush. She threw an applause when she said, on the last day of the conference, said, think about it, ladies. We've had three days of conference, and the name of Jesus has never been mentioned one time. Sponsored by churches. Bragging about it. She's bragging about it, and they gave her a round of applause. Dolores Williams, who is a women's theologian, scoffed at the idea of the atonement of Jesus and the shed blood. I quote from her, I don't think we need folks hanging on crosses and blood dripping and weird stuff. We just need to listen, Dolores Williams said, to the God that is within. That's New Age philosophy. Are you listening? That's happening in America. They made prayers to Sophia, who th- they said is the female face of God. They made prayers to Sophia. They named her, and I quote, As our Maker, I Creator God, our Mother, and our God. They was bragging and churches were sponsoring 2,200 women from 49 states and 27 countries. They were bragging that they never mentioned Jesus, but Sophia is our mother and creator. My generation loves Mother Earth more than it does Father God. At the close of that conference, participants worship Sophia in a rousing service complete with milk and honey. They said this was a substitute for the Lord's Supper. They worshiped with milk and honey. They said, we need a better understanding, not of God, but an authentic identity. And they said, the way you do it, hear this, this is real intelligent. The way you do that, the way you know God is by scribble writing, belly-dancing, and anointing themselves with red dots and bowing to the divine that is in each other. They said, we need to create the wonderful space where we are truly free to be ourselves. They said, Sophia is the place in you where the entire universe resides. And they were worshiping, in effect, themselves. And that was not in another country. That was funded by mainline religion. We've gone from authority to relativism. We've gone from truth to pragmatism. We don't ask anymore what the truth is. We just ask what the polls are saying. We've gone from revelation to a feeling. We've gone from psychology instead of theology. And even our theology is a meology because it's self-centered. Hear me tonight. Hallelujah. We've gone from convictions to opinions. Praise God. The courts in America are upholding everything that's wrong. No prayer. No Bible reading. But you can do anything you want to that's wicked and sinful. It's time for the church to be the church. Time for God's people to rise out of obscurity and say, We are going to impact our church. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if every one of us tonight at the close of this conference would have a deep spiritual awakening. I wonder what would happen. The world's doing their thing. But I wonder what would happen tonight if the church would really be the church. In Alaska, students were told they could not use the word Christmas at school this past Christmas, because it had Christ in it. In several cities, in graduation, they cannot mention God. Yet in the, in the House and Senate opens with prayer every day. When President Bush was inaugurated two months ago, or less than two months ago, there was prayers offered, and the ACLU found fault with the generic prayer by Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, because he said, in Jesus' name, the ACLU said, it has no place in our society. Let me tell you, friend, the name of Jesus has got first place in our system. Let's all stand together tonight. Hallelujah. It's time for renewal. It's time for revival. It's time for evangelism. It's time for red hot soul winning. It's time for passion to get a hold of us. Please remain standing. There's a judge in January that went on trial in the United States of America for having Ten Commandments. Not in his courtroom. We've seen that happen in Alabama and other places. This judge went on trial for putting up the Ten Commandments in his front yard, in his own house. He is on trial now as a judge. The ACLU says he has no right to put the Ten Commandments up in his own front yard of the house that he bought and paid for. The First Amendment does not discount religion. Hallelujah. If I remember something about it, it just says that no state can impose religion upon people. And our media has normalized everything that is abnormal and subnormal. And it's time for the church to step out of the shadows. It's time for the apostolic Jesus name, One God Church, to step out of the shadows and say, we're going to be the church. We're going to be the church. I'd like for us to just sort of wait on the Lord here. talk to us now hallelujah let's let God talk to us my generation the prophet said cannot blush kids are watching in the living room adultery fornication homosexuality profanity and filth what used to amaze us now amuses us a generation that cannot blush sexual perversion is gone from sin Secondly, to a sickness, and now to a socially accepted practice. To be a virgin nowadays is laughed at and made fun of by our secular, God-hating society. It's time for the church to step out of the shadows. It's time for the church to be the church. Oh, I wonder if there's a preacher, a preacher's wife. I wonder if there's a dear saint of God and I'm not here to hurt or injure or condemn anyone. But I wonder if there's anybody here tonight who say, I believe I could do more. I'm not saying you haven't done anything. I'm not here to imply that. But I wonder if there's somebody that would say, I believe I can do more than I've done to reach my generation. You see, dissatisfaction is the basis of progress. When we become dissatisfied, then God can stir us. When we become satisfied, we become obsolete. We need divine restlessness and divine discontentment to grip our spirits tonight. You say, Brother Goodair, I don't believe in revivals. We've had revivals, and they don't last. One of the critics of an old-time preacher told him that. They said, I don't believe in revivals. They don't last. And his answer was, neither does a bath. But we need one frequently. I don't know how you feel tonight. I want the church that I pastor to be revived. To have a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. I want the church that I pastor to be alive with Holy Ghost power. I wonder if from this conference tonight, we've heard some of the greatest preaching all week, but I wonder if from this conference we could go home and say, when I go home to my local church, I'm going to be more involved than ever before. I'm going to stand behind my pastors than ever before. If I'm crossways with my pastor, I'm going to make it right. If I'm crossways with some of the members, I'm going to make it right. I'm gonna start praying, I'm gonna start fasting, I'm gonna start seeking God. I'm gonna get behind my pastor. We're gonna have revival. If I can teach a Bible study, I'll teach one. If I can hand out a card, our church track, I'll do it. If I can go to a jail or prison or rest home, I'll do it. Praise God. We just recently baptized somebody, 82 years old, in a rest home, bathtub, and God gave the Holy Ghost in the bathtub. Praise God. How are you gonna reach people? I don't know, but let's do everything we can. Work while it's day. The night's coming when no man can work. It's time for divine discontentment to grip our spirits. Not with our message, not with our truth, not with our gospel, but with our level of spiritual productivity. It's time for the church to say, we. Are you willing to drive a bus? Are you willing to run a bus route? We don't need teachers retiring and getting out of teaching. We don't need Sunday school teachers come to pastor and say, I need to quit teaching. We need somebody to say, Pastor, wherever you see fit to use me, I'm available. I'm not asking for position. I'm not asking for honor. I don't need an office, but if you can use me, hallelujah. If it's on a bus route, if it's to go to a jail or prison arrest home, if it's to knock a door pass out of track, teach home Bible study. Pastor, if you can use me, I'm available. I'm available. And you know, if that spirit gets hold of everybody in this church, everybody in this auditorium tonight, we can go home and absolutely revolutionize our churches. Hallelujah. We'll still have the same God, the same truth, the same gospel that I've loved for 45 years. Praise God. But I fire, fire fiery touch of evangelism can do something mighty in our churches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, and I don't want to just talk about what we're doing in our church, but we just started Monday, 40 days of fasting and prayer leading up to Easter. We're expecting 1,000 visitors on Easter Sunday. Praise God. And we're fasting 40 days and nights. I don't mean everybody's fasting 40 days and nights. Don't misunderstand me. But every week, every day, every hour, there's somebody to prayer room praying and people are fasting I want to see revival I'm tired of empty altars I'm tired of empty prayer rooms I'm tired of empty baptistries I'm tired of empty pews I want God to do so that chorus, if you can use anything, you can use me, and while they sing it, if there's a man or a woman or a young person in this building, let will say, God, I'm not going to just come here and absorb this preaching, this teaching, and this fellowship, and go home back to the same old, same old, and when I go back home, I'm going to go back changed the power of the Spirit." What God does, he's going to do it through the local church. He's not going to do it from some radio or TV evangelist. He's going to do it in the local church. If you want to be used of God in your local church, you while Brother Pixler sings it. You can Take my hands, take my feet. What about it, men? What about it, ladies? Speak to me. You Who is it tonight that walk down here and say, God, I want to be used. I want to be a vessel. I want God to stir me. Where are the men? Where are the women? Where are the it young it. people that will come forward and say, God, use me. God, do something. You can use it. Come on, church. Come on. It's time to mobilize. It's time to get together. It's time for the whole church. Come on, men. Come on, ladies. Come on, young people. It's the whole church. Reaching out. Reaching out. Reaching out. Come on, let's pray. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift our voices. Come on. Let's lift our voices. God, I'm here. God, I'm available. You can use me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use. Come on, let's pray. Who's going to say, I'll teach a Bible study? I'll talk to somebody. I'll be a witness. I'll be a light. I'll be an example. I'll do something. I'll do something for God. You can't use it. Anymore. Rise and shine!